0: Hey everyone. welcome to this special episode of What's Next. I'm your host Paige. In light of Easter and after some self-reflection, I felt that it would make sense and benefit everyone if I explained my personal understanding of how these tools support or facilitate our spiritual development. But before I get started, please remember that, you know, I want to say this as a blanket statement, but I'll probably reiterate it throughout the podcast just to make sure it drives home with everyone. It it resonates in your heart that my my explanation of how i conceptualize these tools in in the context of spirituality for spiritual development how i conceptualize god soul spirit energy all of these things this these are based on my personal experiences so i'm telling you you know what i've perceived and how i have interpreted what i've perceived you know in my experience and so your interpretations of your own experiences could be very different so the purpose of this is not to tell you what to believe it's hopefully it's meant to inspire and encourage you to to constantly question because for me in my eyes that's the only way that we can ever hope to grow is by questioning and and self-experimenting you know actually trying these tools. See if, whether they influence your spiritual development in a positive way. So, so that's the the goal, right, is is to encourage you to to challenge yourself spiritually, psychologically, etc. but here specifically within the context of this episode, I'm I'm hoping to provide a framework so at least it all makes sense for the most part, right? <laughs> I'm trying to conceptualize God using concepts and really I mean, can a concept ever truly capture this this entity, this thing that we call God, this unseen spiritual entity. I I argue, no, it will be forever a lifelong journey and learning lesson. But for me, I think it's really fascinating and interesting. and, And I hope you think so too. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And remember, ask yourself questions as we're going along and you can pause and just self reflect and, and ask yourself what what you believe. As you all know, I have been calling these tools mind-body tools. But really, how we can think of them is M, B, little s, big s, C. And what that stands for is mind, body, the little s is uh, spirit or soul, your individual soul, and then capital S could be conceptualized as a lot of different things, um, like kind of what I alluded to in... In the first episode, so you could conceptualize that as um, energy, consciousness, and I believe it's the the, the Jewish tradition, Shekinah. There There's uh, prana in Indian cultures and traditions, but then the C stands for context, so our physical world, and I'm going to explain a little bit to help, hopefully make help this make sense. <laughs> so. The mind can be thought of as your me-self, like we talked about in the first episode. Your me-self is your self-image. And that self-image, your identity, your, your cognitive functioning, also includes your body. So the mind also includes your image, your interpretation of your body, including your physiology, how you feel and experience emotions. And that's really what is meant when we talk about mind-body tools. However, I and I believe others may have had this experience as well. Not everybody. But others may have experienced it in the way that I have. Which is that there is the little S. There is your, your soul, your spirit, that I-self that we talked about in the first episode. Your pure consciousness, pure awareness. But then we have the capital S. And again, capital S can be conceptualized as, again, your energy, prana, life force, Holy Spirit. Again, I said Shekinah. There's a lot of different terms that mean the same thing. And I find that interesting because we find these terms across different cultures, religions, um, schools of thought, etc. And so, even though the words are different and they came from different backgrounds, they mean the same thing. So those are how that's how we can conceptualize our that that capital S. But then we have C for context, and context is our physical world our material world, the, the part of the world that we can see, that we can touch, we can taste it, smell it. Well, maybe actually some things cannot be seen that we can smell. Ew. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? Okay. So we have the, the mind, body, our individual spirit or soul, then we have uh, a, this, this spirit, this spiritual entity that goes by many names across religions and contexts and cultures. And then we have context itself, so the physical world, as well as the immaterial or the non the unseen aspects of reality that hold reality together. So thinking about like physics. So the tools that we will be discussing throughout this podcast engage at least one of these levels, at least one of the MBSSC levels, right? Some engage more levels than others and also some are in that engagement process. Some some is more intense than others, right? Thinking physically, you know, working out or doing, for instance, yoga is going to be more physically engaging. It's going to engage your body more so than another tool such as journaling, right? But I'm going to ask you to hold on to this understanding of these tools as we segue to the next portion of this podcast. So this, we're about to dive deeply into my inner world about how I conceptualize This whole process of how these tools influence our spiritual development specifically. Because I've already really touched on the psychological aspect in the first episode. And if you're interested in that, please feel free to review that. I'll actually be offering... PDFs like providing an outline for all of my podcast series and if you're interested in that I'll provide our email address at the end of the podcast and feel free to give us a shout but I digress. So as you all know there have been stories of creation throughout time across religions across cultures Etc. right? We all hold our own understanding and beliefs about how we, as a species, how we came into creation. And so again, this is my understanding based on my experiences. And again, I'm going to really focus on how the tools facilitate our spiritual development. So as you know, there, d- religions have different conceptualizations because they're they're viewing their reality, which includes both the physical and non-physical aspects of their reality, through that lens of their me-self, through their identity based on their personal experiences. And so even though we have these different conceptualizations of God based on our individual experiences, I don't think there's necessarily a right or a wrong or what have you. And the reason I say that is because I'm hoping that all of our conceptualizations of ourself, of God, I'm hoping, of course, all of that should be changing. All of that should be challenged. And as we challenge our own conceptualizations of ourself and god that should change right i mean because we're deepening, deepening our understanding so it, it makes sense that what i'm explaining to you now and even your understanding based on your experiences by the, you know in 10 20 30 40 however many years that understanding your conceptualization will change most likely at least that's what I—that's be- what my hope for you is. Um, but I digress. All right. So here's my creation story that I've come into this understanding. So let's say at one time there was complete nothingness, a void. All that existed was pure consciousness. Remember, we talked about the brain is not the same as your consciousness. Okay. So right here we're only talking about pure consciousness. There is no physical reality. I know that I know that's yeah. <laughs> but bear with me. Okay. So nothingness, just avoid empty space, pure consciousness, okay? And within this consciousness, there existed binaries or polarities that make up aspects of our consciousness, such as masculinity. And femininity. Not in the gender sense of male versus female. I mean, we all have masculine and feminine traits within us. You can be a man and still be nurturing and compassionate and understanding, right? And you as a woman can still be disciplined and forward thinking and... Firm with your boundaries when when needed, and then the you know the other flip of the coin of that is the feminine side, knowing when to be flexible with your boundaries. Those are all examples of the masculine and feminine aspects of this pure this pure state of consciousness, all that existed at one time, and then we also have these these uh, these other aspects of our consciousness called archetypes. In a way to think about archetypes, it's it's. It's like the first form. It's a blueprint or model from which creation arises. Think of like typical characters. You know, we have movies and books and, you know, we have villains and heroes and the fool and the child. You know, so many different characters or archetypes that are the this, this seed, the essence of our consciousness, right? And at the essence of even that, what, what, think about it, right? Like what is the basic fundamental essence of a character blueprint or model based on our consciousness? Well, I would argue it's the family, specifically the father, the mother, and the child. So again, pure state of consciousness that holds the potential for pure, for creation, right? For the creation of the physical and the non-physical. And so at this state, we're purely non-physical, but then boom, the big bang happened, right? And okay, so where did that come from? Well, based on, well, what makes sense to me is what if one day the child asked, huh, I wonder what it would be like to be separate from God. That is what I believe. Boom, the big bang happened. That was pure creation, right? Providing the experience of what it would be to live without God. Or so we thought. But I'll get back to that. So when the Big Bang happened, that's when our physical reality took form. Think about those polarities. Those uh, opposing dynamics that we talked about, right? Like hot versus cold. Light versus dark. Soft versus hard. The unseen versus the scene And that process eventually we're fast forwarding a lot of years <laughs> fast forwarding to to the actually the beginning uh, the evolution of man. And so the focus initially, I believe on the evolution of man was on the me self right the the aspects of our our physical body and our cognitive functioning right it, it was all about you know developing our, Well, at first it was about survival, right? But eventually it became, the focus became on this me-self, on developing our identity, our self-image, which includes our body and our mental functioning at, you know, I I would argue maybe perhaps a, a lower level of mental functioning, like logic, you know, thinking of our rationality, right? That's what we need on to some extent for survival right like think of you know if and then cause and effect if a bear is running after me then i need to run right <laughs> and but the so the focus has been on this me self in my eyes b- due to uh evolution of our consciousness and and i talk about this briefly in in the first episode you know our consciousness evolved from hunting and gathering to more of a survivalist uh perspective, and then our creativity, our, our consciousness began to expand. You know, we transitioned from the age of hunting and gathering to agriculture, to industry, to technology, and personally, I believe that we are in the middle of another shift, and and it's it's in the unknown, but again, the point was, to, the point to be made was that the focus was on, the me-self, for many, many years. And I think we're coming into a place where we can focus more on the integration of both the me and the I-self. But unfortunately, the the, the me-self was, the focus was survival. It's based upon social conditioning, at times fear, and the choice of evil versus good. And so throughout the evolution of man, these, again, these these programs, these conditionings, the fears, the survival, all these experiences have been compounded, these effects have been compounded due to the field of study. It's called epigenetics. Basically, it's the idea that we carry the experiences, the traumas of our ancestors or um, so that's more of a scientific perspective. A, a spiritual perspective could be incarnation or reincarnation, or maybe it's both. And so the evolution of man is about the the child aspect of that consciousness we spoke about earlier. And maybe that's why some religions conceptualize the original sin in the way that they do. Maybe, Maybe instead of it being sin, maybe it was a choice, a mistake, an accident, right? Just like with children. Sometimes, yes, they make poor choices and maybe really, really, quote, bad choices (laughs) or seem, you know, but I may be speaking for myself here, (laughs) but I believe we all can identify with this, whether you are a child, a teenager, or an adult, right? We all make mistakes. So what happened to the mother and father aspects of consciousness, right? And so for me, the the mother aspect of consciousness or God could be conceptualized, again, as energy, as, you know, that that nurturing, supporting energy that that is with us always that is found within sometimes we have difficulty feeling or experiencing it due to stress you know feeling really tight and clenched in the body you know always being externally driven. go 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 move 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 productivity (laughs) you know all the time sometimes I mean for me anyway I've experienced that it, when I'm more focused on the external world and there isn't a balance, at times it pulls me out of alignment. It pulls me off my center. So the mother aspect of God would be that capital S that we discussed. That helps me to calm that inner child within and helps me to identify when I am out of alignment. However, the father aspect of God can be conceptualized as the laws of reality. So when we talked about the MBSSC, so it would be C, the context, our, our reality, but not just in the physical sense, also in the immaterial sense. So thinking of, I think of like quantum physics and, you know, the mathematical principles that underlie all of reality, you know, I've, um, I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who was talking about how, you know, the, the universe is so perfect Right, the 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 laws. It's like he didn't say this. Now I'm getting off from what he said to what I'm saying. But it's really like structured chaos. It's it's so perfect. But it's so complex and that's why it can be challenging us for us to understand, right? That's why I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who said, I might be a little off on the numbers, but out of the whole entirety of reality, like let's say 100% of the reality, we only know about like 1% of it. <laughs> uh, and that makes sense, right? Given how perfectly structured that it is. The, these laws of reality and the laws of nature, they're perfect because perhaps that's the masculine aspect of God, that it provides the structure, the container for all of life. Another way to think of it too is, so I'm going to use some of my own personal experiences. So for those of you who believe or who have experienced numerology, I I, I believe that God and other you know, angels and entities, which we won't get into, can communicate to us through numbers. And I'm sure we all can think of experiences where, the you know, numbers hold significant meaning, like the number three in Christianity, the the divinity, right, the the, the holy trio, right, God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The number seven the universe being created in seven days, you know, and and there's tons of other examples across religions and cultures, but I'm just giving a snapshot right now. So, and we can also think about this even in our, in a more, uh, how would I frame this, in a more tangible sense. Think of, uh, I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with computer sciences, but At the basic, at the basis, the basis of computer sciences is uh, binaries, numbers. So computers, the language of computers, they communicate through a series of zeros and ones. But through, we'll call it, uh, through abstraction or through, basically those, those binary numbers, those series of zeros and ones, through different ways of fitting these numbers together we're able to create the words on your computer screen the emojis you know to express our emotion through videos through movies you know even again and outside the context of computer sciences you know geometry Geometry represents the code, or it's like a blueprint from which all creation is derived. So, I'm using these mathematical principles to help us understand how I conceptualize the masculine aspect of God. So, you may be asking yourself, how do the tools fit into this understanding of God and uh, for spiritual development, for better aligning with or better aligning our mind, body, and spirit with this greater spirit or God or source or what have you, right? How do we align these systems for harmonious cooperation, communication? I believe that using tools that engage all of these different levels or all of these different systems of our being, of our reality, will be the most effective for embodied self-regulation. That's why I personally will, uh, of course, I'm going to present a variety of tools, right? But that's why I personally, for me... And, and I'll talk about it. There are some tools that I believe are more effective than others based on my personal experience and base, based too on uh, scientific research as well as just theory and my own spiritual understandings. But of course, you have to meet yourself where you're at, right? Our tools on our tool belts may look different. So okay, backing up a little bit. How do these tools influence us for spiritual development? for the spiritual aspect of embodied self-regulation, for our, I would argue, our creativity, right? I believe our creativity comes from the mother aspect, the, the feminine aspect of, of God. And so this feminine aspect of God, we can connect with that. You know, we can receive inspiration by using tools, aligning all of these systems with our, our inner child, our, the subconscious aspect of our psyche or our soul, however you want to look at it, right? And so within the inner child, we have this creative, imaginative, exploratory, curious inner world, right? Think of a child, right? They're like, why? Why? What's that? What's that? <laughs> right? Well, that's we all have that inside of us. Unfortunately, sometimes it's it's conditioned out of us. But that's where our our connection is to our inner self, to our most authentic self, to our to our creative nature. And so where I believe truth is found, archetypes are also found, right? Think of the, you know, we talked about the the magical exploratory world of a child, these, these characters are embedded within that inner child. Think of, um, you know, the hero versus the villain, versus the fool, versus the victim, versus the magician or wise sage. These understandings of these these archetypes, of these characters, influence our own personalities, our own behaviors, our own choices. It affects our me-selves, and so our subconscious can manifest into our reality, into our world. And unfortunately, we're, we're not always aware of it, right? Sometimes it's so automatic, we don't even stop to think of where these beliefs come from, or these ideas about ourselves and our external world. And so within each of these archetypes, there are, each of them have beliefs about themselves, right, and of their external world. And at times, there can be, you know, just like with anything, we talked about that polarity, they, all of these different archetypes or characters can have positive Aspects or positive beliefs about their character, and at the other end of the spectrum, there could be negative or limiting beliefs about their character. Right? For instance, perhaps the the fool is the the fool character, like the the court gesture in medieval times. Maybe it has a limiting belief of you know fear of rejection or fear of isolation. And that is a limiting belief that the gesture jester has to overcome, has to heal and transcend to because otherwise, I mean, right? If he was fearful of rejection, do you really think he would get up on stage and do a little dance and play some, you know, tell you some jokes and stuff? Mm, Probably not. (laughs) He would probably be too scared because his limiting beliefs were holding him back. And for whatever reason, I'm assuming the jester is a dude. (laughs) But regardless, it doesn't matter what your gender is. The the concept is, is there, right? That within our subconscious mind, we have these archetypes or these characters of the, uh, and how they live their lives, you know, for better or for worse. Like even the hero, right? The hero has to go through trials and tribulations and and you know, he, I'm sure he's he might or he or she may stumble at times. And then of course, by shedding and using whatever tools, you know, maybe it's a it's a supportive person or maybe it's these tools that we're talking about in the podcast, using those tools to their to his or her advantage so he can he or she can rise above and overcome and fulfill their their destiny to become who they're meant to be. So using these tools help us to remember our i self Our soul, by healing those limiting beliefs, those stories that we tell ourselves, right? Aspects of the me self. And so we're not only healing those limiting beliefs about ourselves, but we're also processing and integrating our unhealed traumas and wounds, I argue that, you know, the stories that we create about ourselves and just honestly, given the way that our, we're built physiologically, we're built for survival, right? It can be challenging or feel challenging to, to face our, our inner world. Sometimes it's painful, but through that pain, it reminds me of this passage. I can't remember. It's where you, you're walking through the flames to the other side I mean, without challenge, we can't ever hope to to develop. I think of it as a, like a transformation process, like the phoenix rising from the ashes, you know, embodying this new way of living and being, you know, identifying with the, the positive aspects of those archetypes rather than the negative. And I believe that this process of healing our limiting beliefs and processing or integrating our unhealed traumas and wounds are most effective through a co-creating process. So a process between you and that higher power. Again, if you don't believe in in a higher power, you can think of this as your I-self, but for me... I personally have tried that route. There was a time where I was very much questioning whether or not God exists, and I attempted to do it on my own. And then I realized for me that that was not an effective strategy. (laughs) As y'all all all heard in my episode, episode two, about um, some challenges that I experienced. And so, I believe that this co-creating process, you know, using these tools to bring all of these different players, all these different archetypes, all these different systems, however you want to conceptualize it, all of these aspects into alignment that help us to remember and embody that childlike wonder. Like when was the last time you just sat up and looked at the clouds or questioned why you do the things that you do, why you believe the things that you believe. Oh, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. Well, according to who? Who says that you can't overcome? Where, where did that come from? Also, I think that the co-creating process allows us or it helps us, it supports us in becoming more courageous, courageous enough to pursue your heart's desire and not allow fear to hold you back. We transcend our conditioning of that sleep, work, eat, repeat cycle. I believe our destiny is so much more. It's so much greater. I believe that we have a greater purpose and it's up to us to decide whether or not we want to answer that call. I truly believe that this whole idea of spiritual development and, and even psychological development we i believe that our purpose here is that we are spiritual beings having a having a physical human experience and just like other spiritual masters i would argue or i would i would claim that, you know, Jesus was a spiritual master, right? I mean, hello, Easter, rising, you know, rising from the grave. I mean, I think that's that's ultimate self-mastery, right? But obviously, again, it's not true self-mastery, right? It's, it's a co-creation. I believe that he was able to transcend death through that connection, through that co-creating process with the divine or with God, Others include Buddha, Gandhi, Muhammad. Or, you know, if you would prefer other examples, maybe not as, um, well, I think of Martin Luther King, but other examples maybe not as spiritually inclined, at least on the outside, right? I mean, I would argue Steve Jobs was a self-master, right? I mean, look at all the creative work that he's done. Elon Musk Bill Gates. I mean, there's, and whether or not you like any of these people or believe their roles or whatever, the the purpose is is not to to debate any of that. It's it's to make the point that we have the choice to step into self-mastery, to step into this co-creating process with this higher power. Allowing our I-self, our, our, that connection of our soul to your highest authority, allowing that connection to guide you in your life rather than the ego or the me-self or anyone else for that matter, right? But sometimes we need tools. That's where humility and acceptance come into play. Sometimes we need tools to help us. And it doesn't mean that we're bad or that we're wrong or anything like that. And you may very well be very happy with the tools that you're using. And you know what? That's okay too. But I believe that these spiritual masters, they showed us the way. Whatever your conceptualization, I know that your God, your soul, your higher self, is ready. It's ready to unlock your true potential. But we have to make the choice for self-mastery. And imagine the kind of world that we could create if we were embodying the best version of ourselves and connecting with God with this creative life force, right? And I believe that At our core, we are all connected. We are all one. Not only in the sense of, oh, yes, you know, I can be, you know, you can be a role model for your children. And, you know, that you influence them in that way. No, I mean it on a deeper level. Like, we truly are connected. We are one. And that is based on my personal experiences. So, there's this theory in research called resonance theory. And basically, it's the idea that we are connected through electromagnetic, through an electromagnetic field emitted from your heart. Or how I would frame it, your soul. And I know that I'm not the only one who feels what I'm about to say. But I know that every, I know that some of y'all are seeing the significant changes and feeling, the significant changes in our reality. More than ever, I would say people are talking about God. More people are open to the idea of discussing God. And, and I think some of that explanation comes from this, this idea of resonance theory that we are all connected. So, for me, I believe resonance theory explains how we all embody this archetype of the child. Remember we talked about, you know, the father, mother, and child aspect of consciousness from the very beginning? Well, how are all of us children of God? Well, I think it's through this heart connection that we're feeling. I I believe that, you know, we talked about that subconscious, those archetypes. I believe we all have them, and they could potentially be like we have a collective unconscious as 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 human beings as as a species as as the created from the creator but granted of course you know we may or may not have been part of that co-creating process but that's a whole nother story <laughs> so through this resonance theory it for me it explains our heart to heart connection how when you react with someone else, that person at times mirrors back to you your own unhealed wounds and traumas. And this isn't to blame anyone, okay? This is meant to empower you. Not to blame anybody, but to empower, okay? Because we can't control other people. We can't control what they do to us, but we can control how we respond and how we navigate the world and i believe a big part of that is through the use of these tools so rather than shaming and blaming and you know pointing the fingers at all these other people how can we can we can we build a heart to heart connection through the use of these tools can we heal ourselves because i believe by healing ourselves we help to heal others we help in a gentle way we help to support others in better understanding themselves because we reflect back to them their own unhealed wounds. Again, it's not like a purposeful, I'm here to, you know, <laughs> unveil everything inside of you. No, it's it's meant to be supportive and loving because again, in the context of this episode and really within my life, but again, I'm attempting to be as unbiased as possible in presenting this podcast but I, I do. I, I believe that we're all here for a purpose. And I think that it is our purpose to figure out what your individual purpose is. And not even at the micro level, at your individual level, but also at the macro level. Like I said, I, I know that other people are, are feeling, you know, this shift Right. in consciousness. Some people call it Christ consciousness. You know, Christ means anointed one or another way to think of it is, you know, the integration of the I self and the me self and being connected to God, um, uh, the ultimate self master. But, you know, a part of me wonders, you know, they talk about in spiritual some spirit or some religious texts about a second coming. And personally, I wonder if Jesus and all these other spiritual figures, I wonder if they were here to support us in our development. I mean, think about it. Do you? Does your conceptualization of God believe that you're a sinner and you're static and you're never expected to grow, change, or evolve? Do you think that that's what God wants for you? Personally, I don't believe that at all. I think God wants us to be here To, again, be a spiritual being, having a physical experience, becoming the best version of ourselves, really learning what it means to evolve and develop as a human, as a collective, right? And that transitions me to the use of these tools and how we can create, how can we co-create our future together? You know, this time in history... Is unprecedented, <laughs> right? I mean, this really does offer an opportunity. How can we use these tools? How can we best connect? Whether you believe in God or not, you know, how can we use these tools to create a world that really does reflect who we truly are? That truly impacts, positively impacts our needs. It supports our needs. And I believe that if we identify and we can see the goodness underneath all of the hurt and traumas and, you know, all of that of another person, maybe they hurt you. But if we can see through that and realize and recognize that they are hurting too, can we come together as a family? Can we... Can we find our individual purpose and link them up and unite them to form a collective, to form what's next, to form a collective purpose that benefits all? You know, I see so many instances in the news and from friends of how this coronavirus has really affected people. I mean, people have died. People have lost their jobs. And, you know, people are being, you know, they're having to take out loans, you know, t- to pay for, to, to make ends meet. And and I feel that that is a, this whole incident in history is an example that something needs to change within our system. And I believe the first step into the future, into healing and figuring out what's next <laughs> I think it requires that we we do this personal work and we connect to that higher self or to God because from my experience I've I've attempted to create my own life I mean for most the majority of my life on my own and, and I've I finally believe I've found a better way and you know I, I gave up these tools for a while now. And I'm, like I've told y'all in prior episode, episodes, I'm working through this with you all. And I'm telling you, I want my experience to be true for you. Because after using these tools, I've seen and felt how much I've changed. And I think if you know me, you'll, you'll agree with me. And, and I'm not going to lie, y'all. It is... It has been a challenge, you know, going through life without using a lot of these tools. But now I'm back in it. And, and, and I hope that you find, I hope you have the exact same experience. I mean, because again, we, we all can grow and better ourselves. So why not? And why not do it together? And why not do it in a way that could benefit everyone I felt that this was this this episode was needed and was also it was in, actually inspired from from Easter Sunday. You know the whole message is about you know transcending and overcoming. And some people conceptualize it as Jesus rose from the dead, but I take it a step you know and, and died for our sins. But I take it a step further, and I think that Jesus was the ultimate hero, right? You know, he, he stood up for his truth and unfortunately was killed for it. And then he, he transcended with God, you know, he, he rose above from the ashes. And so I think that he is the ultimate role model to teach us how one of the many, to, to teach us how to live and embody a self-regulated life. And if you question that, I, I would like to ask you to take a step back and just take a moment and reflect and ask yourself where does that come from why do you think you are unable to better yourself i'm not saying you have to turn into jesus right (laughs) or any of these other spiritual masters but just whatever your hero looks like whatever your self-mastery looks like it doesn't have to look like anyone else's So again, asking yourself, why am I telling myself that I can't do it? And honestly, I would challenge that because think about it. Think about who you were five months ago, five years ago, 50 years ago, if that's the case for you, (laughs) maybe not for some of us, but really think about who you were, you know, even just 10 years ago and see how much you've developed. See how much you've changed already. And then again, ask yourself, is this a potential limiting belief? And that's what these tools aim to reveal to us. And there's a lot of different tools. And I, I think that there is a place for all of them, obviously, right? Because I'm, I'm presenting them. However... I will say that personally for me, I will probably, I I mean, I'll make it known that there are certain tools that I think are better because not only because of my own experiences and research and all that, but also because from a theoretical perspective, some of these tools engage each of these systems. So the MBSSC, some of them engage all of those different facets. Whereas other tools, for instance, like just reading a book, that's only really engaging one aspect of yourself, right? It's only engaging your your mind. And so an analogy may be helpful. Think about a knife. When we want to sharpen a knife, we need to have tools such as a honing stone, like a rough surface. And we place the stone or excuse me we place that the blade the edge of the knife against the stone and move it back and forth and so by engaging the knife with the stone the knife is able to <laughs> become its most sharpest authentic self. (laughs) Well, we can think of the tools that we are using in this podcast, the, the tools that we are discussing throughout series one, we can think of these tools in the same way as we think of these stones. But what's interesting about the differences between these tools is that some tools engage more levels of our being more levels of our being and our reality than others. I'll provide a, uh, an example. For instance, if you wanted to improve your functioning, your global functioning, mind, body, and spirit, and you used a book, let's say, versus another tool such as yoga. Well, from a theoretical perspective, I would argue that, that, that yoga would, or meditation, for instance, would be more effective than simply reading a book. Why? Why? Well, because reading a book primarily only engages one aspect of your being, your mind. You're not, we're not putting you in a challenging pose. You're not lifting weights. You're, you know, you're, you're reading. (laughs) Whereas with yoga, for instance, you are engaging multiple levels of your being. So the MBSSC, you're engaging more levels of of your essence, and so for me, it makes sense, you know, if we think of, you know, using a tool that aims to not become your most sharpest self, <laughs> but your most authentic self, you know, we're, we're using a tool that facilitates and supports that development at each of these levels of your essence. And so that's why for me at a theoretical level and arguably at a scientific, you know, empirical level, which we'll talk about in future episodes, I believe that some tools are more effective than others. However, that's not to say that there isn't a place or there is no benefit to the variety of different tools, right? You have to meet yourself where you're at and use the tools that are best for you. And again, also too, I mean, I've read books that have been extremely thought provoking and have motivated me. But again, I I will say, you know, going from, you know, being off of these tools for a while to allow me to basically reteach myself so i can hopefully best communicate to others how to engage with these tools i've i've noticed that certain tools for me have been are more supportive in helping me become the best you know the continuously developing best version of myself which from a spiritual perspective i believe that also you know when we're becoming on this, you know, continuously evolving journey, as we're becoming the most authentic version of ourselves, we're also becoming, we're, through that process, we're becoming more self-aware and also aware of God, which I believe ultimately helps us to build a, you know, a connection with God. So the purpose of this podcast, was, this episode, was to help explain my understanding of God and spirituality and how these tools can support our spiritual development and I think that's going to wrap it up for today if you have any questions or if you'd like to dive a little deeper if you want to hear more uh, let me know and I'm I'm more than happy to talk it out one-on-one or through the podcast As always, please reach out to us. We love hearing about your personal stories. I'm also open to requests if you have any requests for tools or for future episodes, future topics for us to discuss in the subsequent uh, second and third series. You can reach us at whatsnextofficial.com. 2020, so 2020 at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash WN podcast. All right. I hope y'all have a great rest of your week. And I look forward to discussing with you all next week, the tool of CBD oil. Have a great one. Bye.